Thank you for tuning in to Dream City Omaha Online. We hope you like this message and that it has an impact on your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe for more. Luke chapter 11, and I've got, uh, I got more time than I thought. Okay, we're good. Uh, I got 17 minutes to give you my message today. For those of you that are wondering if you're going to make it to lunch on time, you might want to text them and just say, I might be 10 minutes late. Okay, can, can you give me that today? Uh, Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be. We're continuing in our Bible reading plan. We've been reading through the Bible chronologically. We are now in the, the New Testament Last week, we, we came together and we celebrated Christmas in October. We didn't really, but in our, in our reading plan, that's when we got to the New Testament and to Jesus's birth. And so uh, last week, we looked in scripture how that Jesus is, is teaching. And he says, you know, nobody puts new wine into old wineskins, but because the, the, the wine will burst, the skins will burst, and then you'll lose everything. So, so you have to have the new skin before you, you get the new wine. And to us, what that means is that, that we want the new from God. We want, we want new blessings and new seasons and new anointing and new this. But before we, we get the new, we have to be willing to go through the process to prepare for the new. We have to have those skins ready, and that always requires work. New seasons require work. It requires tilling up the, the ground. It requires getting ready for the harvest, and you can't, you can't just go out and harvest without being prepared for the harvest. And so in our lives, there's work that must be done, and we must submit to that work. Today, we're going we're gonna to continue. Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be where we're going to be reading what we've seen in, in our reading, how that Jesus is continuing his ministry. He's traveling from region to region, town to town. He's teaching, he's healing, he's, he, he's ministering to the people. It says that he, he sees them and he has compassion upon them because they are like sheep without a shepherd. So he stops and he begins to, to meet their needs there. And as he does that, the Pharisees start to take notice and they don't like what Jesus has to say. They don't like what he's teaching. And so even now at the beginning stages of his ministry, they're already beginning to have conversations behind closed doors about how we can get rid of this man named Jesus. How can we, how can we get him off the scene? How can we frame him? How can we kill him? How can we trip him up in his words in a way that would allow us to then come and bring charges against him. But I love the way that Jesus deals with confrontation because oftentimes when Jesus is asked a question, he responds with the question. He's asked one thing and he turns it around and he flips the question back on the one who asks and, and, and does it in a way that doesn't just stay at surface level, but gets to the real heart of the issue. And so, so Jesus is just incredible in the way that he deals with, with conflict, with confrontation, the way that he teaches. He just, I, I love Jesus. Anybody else love Jesus? Okay, good. Just want to make sure I'm in the right place today. But, uh, but today, as we, as we look at Luke chapter 11, um, it's a, a, a passage of scripture where Jesus's disciples come to him and they ask him to teach them how to pray. Now we, we see this, this same story played out in the gospel of Matthew, but, but it looks a little bit differently. In Luke chapter 11, and this isn't in your notes, but, but they ask him to pray, and here's how Jesus responds. This is how you should pray. In verse 2, he says, may your, Father, may your, kingdom, or may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, and don't let us yield to temptation, and that's it. Now, we, we recognize the the prayer, although not verbatim, we recognize the content of it as the Lord's Prayer. 
And the way that we quote the Lord's Prayer is found in the Gospel of Matthew. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We, most of us could quote the, the Lord's Prayer. And we see that found in Matthew. In Luke, we find the same teaching, but just communicated a little bit differently. Now, now, is this the same teaching that Jesus gave at the same time? Or did Jesus teach once and maybe he taught again on prayer? And that's what we're finding here in Luke. We don't really know because we weren't there. At least I wasn't. We can't say for certain, but, but I want to, before we even get into the message this morning, just, just really quickly, I want to drop something in your, your bucket just so you can take with you, because there's a lot of people in the world today that would say, I don't believe in Jesus, and I don't believe what the Bible has to say about Jesus, because the Bible is full of contradictions. And my response is, oh, really? Like what? And they'll, also, they'll, they'll often go to the New Testament and how that Matthew will say one thing, Mark will say one thing, Luke will say one thing, John will say one thing, and how can these all be the same story and they all say something different? Maybe you noticed this week as we were reading through the chronological plan that there are times where Jesus stops and he performs a miracle, and, and in one gospel it was two blind men, and in another gospel it was one blind man. Well, was it two or was it one? Which happened first? And, and why does one person say it this way and another person say it another way? Let, let me just let you know, like, those aren't contradictions, okay? Three of the four gospel writers were eyewitnesses, Matthew, Mark, and John. They walked with Jesus. They were there. They saw it for themselves. Luke writes, and he says, listen, I didn't see it, but I've talked to enough people who did see it, and this is the compiled report according to the people that I've spoken to. So three of the four were there. Now, I understand that, that just because they emphasize something differently or communicate something differently or report something differently doesn't mean that it's a contradiction. It just means that as unique individuals, all inspired equally by the Holy Spirit, their perspective and their, 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 their bent or their, their emphasis might be on something different than the others. For example, if you were to ask three people who were in service last week, what did Pastor John preach about? you would probably get three totally different reports. And it's like, well, did he preach this? Did he preach that? Like, I don't understand what he, can, were they even there? Is Pastor John even a real person? Like, like, yes, but different people will emphasize different things. If you ask Angel, what did we do this weekend? She would tell you about the shopping trip for homecoming and and the pictures and how handsome her boys looked as they went to homecoming and how that her and I got to have a date night last night and we went to a restaurant because we haven't been on a date in a, in a few weeks. And so, so she would tell you all of these details, but she would tell you them from a relationship side. If you ask me, Pastor John, what did you do this weekend? I would tell you, I watched some football, <laughs> had Mexican for dinner last night, at a restaurant in Elkhorn, hung out with the family and took some pictures. <laughs> That's what I did this weekend. Now you could hear my report and you could hear Pastor Angel's report and be conflicted because it's like, well, what did you guys do? All of that. It's all the same, but it came from somebody different. So as you read through the Gospels, don't, don't read it with the intent because the Bible wasn't written to be a historical document. This is not a history book. Though it is historically accurate, this was not written to be historically authoritative. What this is written for is to, to, to reveal the nature and the character of God to his people. 
And so don't, don't expect something from it that it wasn't designed and intended and given to you to do. It was given to you to reveal God to you and draw you closer to him. So as you read it, don't get caught up in those details. Like, does that mean that it's contradicting? No, it just means that there were two different people that were there and they saw two different things and they're emphasizing two different things. And as you read it, don't look at the details, but look at the God beyond the details. Okay? Again, free. So Matthew, we see the Lord's Prayer. In Luke 11, again, we see the Lord's Prayer. But, but I want to I get past that. I want to look at verse number five. That's where we're going to begin reading today. Jesus, teaching them more about prayer, used this story. He tells them this parable, just a short story with, with a, a, a deeper meaning. He says, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. Now understand in their culture, in their day, when, when, you, when you had guests coming over, it was your duty. Like hospitality was big in that culture. So for, for somebody to show up and you don't have anything to offer, that was one of the most shameful things that you could experience in that culture and in that day. So this man has a friend coming over, I have nothing for him to eat. Suppose you go to your neighbors, in verse seven, suppose you call out or he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up, give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Jesus says, if you just keep knocking, even, even if it's not because he likes you, even if it's not because he, he's good friends with you, even if it's not because he wants to help you out in your time of need, even if it's just to get you to shut up, he's going to get out of bed and give you what you want. And let's continue. Verse 9, he says, so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open for everyone who asks, what? Receives. Everyone who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Verse 11, he says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? No, of course not. If they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? No, of course not. Verse 13, so if you sinful people, and I love the way that he just throws that in there, not just you people, you sinful people, if you messed up people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Lord, we thank you for your word today. I pray that over the next few moments, Lord, that you would communicate from your heart to our hearts. God, straight from, from your throne, I pray that you would anoint every word that comes from my mouth. I step out of the way and give you access, give you control to do whatever it is that you want to do. Holy Spirit, would you, would you reveal things to, to us? God, would you put, point your finger on anything that that needs to be pointed out, would you shine your light on those, those dark areas of our lives? Would you encourage us today for those that have come in discouraged and downtrodden, Lord, may we leave refreshed and full of the joy of the Lord, which is our strength and will continue to be our strength. God, would you pour out your grace and your mercy because you are so good and so, so faithful. We love you. We thank you. We need you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about prayer, and it's important for us to, to understand prayer. I don't want to talk about what to pray or how to pray, because I, I think, you know, I would say go back and read Matthew, read the Lord's Prayer, look at how Jesus prayed, and understand that's not a prayer to be prayed verbatim. Jesus didn't say, pray these words. He said, pray in this way. What did he pray? God, I recognize who you are. May your name be kept holy. 
God, would your will be done? Not my will, God. Would you, would you provide for me what I need today? Would you lead me and guide me today? Would you help me to forgive my neighbors today? So, so look at the way in which he prayed, not just the words in which he prayed. Um, but I, but I want to look more about the heart that we have or the posture that we have when we pray. Today, if you're taking notes, there's three things that I want you to write down. Three things that I find in this text, three things that I want to encourage you and challenge you with today. And the first thing is this, that when you ask, we need to remember who we're asking. Remember who we're asking. Like, who are you talking to? You're talking to God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who spoke the world into existence, the one who, who breathed the breath of life into a clump of dirt and made Adam and gave him life and a spirit and a soul, the one who, hello, remember who you're asking. Look at what it says in verse 13 again. If, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts, how much more, how much more will your heavenly father how much more? If you want to bless your children, how much more do you think your heavenly father wants to bless you? And what God is doing here is he's contrasting us as earthly parents and God as our heavenly father. And there are times where my kids come to me and they say, dad, can we do this? Dad, can we do that? Dad, can we go to Dairy Queen? My answer is typically, we'll see. Any other parent? use that one. Dad, can we go to Dairy Queen? We'll see. Dad, can we get pizza tonight? We'll see. Dad, can we go to Vala's? Absolutely not. <laughs> but typically when they ask me, can we go to the gas station? Dad, can we stop at the gas station on the way home? Which I don't know about your kids. My kids, like their happy place is Casey's. Like they love, they love the gas stations. They get gift cards to Casey's for their birthday because they'll ride their bike to the gas station and mom and dad won't buy soda to leave in the house, but they know if they go to Casey's then they can come home with whatever they want. I kid you not, the Casey's cashier knows my second son by name. He walks in and he goes, what's up Isaiah? And Isaiah goes, what's up man? How you doing today? Like they are on a first name basis with the gas station people. And so when they're in my car, Dad, can we stop at the gas station? My response is what? We'll see. And every time I tell my kids we'll see, they kind of get this reaction. And it's like, why? What's, what's the matter, bud? And, and they, they said, well, we know that we'll see is just dad talk for no. It's just code for no. So when you say we'll see, like we know there's not really a chance of us doing it. We know that you might as well just say no. And like at first I was like, oh, they're catching on. And then after I thought about it, I was like, man, I need to change that up. So I don't say we'll see anymore. I say maybe. Because I don't want them to get discouraged asking me. I don't want them, I don't want them to, to re refrain from coming to dad with their desires because they just expect a no anytime they ask their dad for something. I want to bless my kids. I want to give them what they want. I want to give them good gifts. It's not always the things that they want, but sometimes it's the things that they need. Hello, parents. But God says, if you as earthly parents know how to give good gifts, is anybody going to give your kid a snake or a scorpion? No, of course not. So if you know how to take good care of your kids, how much more then? Do you think that your heavenly father, you need to know that he wants to give you good gifts? 
Remember who you're asking. It's your heavenly father. Understand that there are are passages of scripture in the New Testament, in the gospels, in, in all of his work. And there are some passages that reveal the power of God. And then there are some passages that reveal the nature of God. You read through the Gospels, you see Jesus walking on water. You see Jesus speaking to the wind and and the rain and the waves and and making the storm stop. You see Jesus feeding 15,000 people with a couple loaves and some fish. You see Jesus doing these incredible miracles and it, it shows the divine power of God. But then there are verses like John chapter one that says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. What is that revealing? It's revealing the nature of God. Jesus says things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What is he doing? He's talking about his nature. And this is one of those verses. Like it's, it's both the, the divine power of God in that he's able to give you anything. There's nothing that is too big for him. But then at the same time, the divine nature of God as your heavenly father, who is the one who wants to take care of you and give you those good gifts. Here's the kicker though. We have to ask the right way. You can't, You can't just come to God and and ask him for a million bucks and expect it to be in the mailbox tomorrow because we've all tried that, right? I don't know about you, it didn't work for me. But if, if if we understand that we have to ask the right way, we see in, in scripture, 1 John chapter five, says that this is the confidence that we can have when we pray. The confidence that we have when we pray comes from knowing that if we ask anything according to what? our will. Now what it says, if I ask anything according to my will, then I know that he hears me. No, we have to pray it according to his will. Although oftentimes when we go to God, are we, are we going to him with his desires or are we going to him with our desires? If we were honest, I think most of us would say, typically when we pray, most of what we pray for is my desires. God, I would like you to do this. God, I would appreciate it if you would. God, I have this area of need. And we lay out these things, and there's nothing wrong with, nothing wrong with doing that. The Bible tells us that we can boldly come before the throne of grace. That because of what Jesus did, we have access to his presence, and so we can, we can go and make our petitions known. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but the confidence that comes from prayer, confidence comes when, when, we, when we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. Now, we like to focus on the last half of this verse. The Bible says that, that I would have what I asked of him. Well, it says that you would have what you asked of him if he heard you. Well, how can I make sure that he hear, hears me? You pray according to his will. So it goes back to the motives with which we pray. It goes back to how we pray. It goes back to what are we, what are we praying for? Understand that, that just because God can doesn't mean he's going to. Could God give me a million dollars tomorrow? Come on, Lord, let it be. Could, yes. Does that mean that he's going to? No. There are things that, that yes, God is going to do. Maybe you've prayed and, and God's answer to you is yes. Does that mean that it's going to happen tomorrow? No. Just because God can doesn't mean he's going to. And just because he's going to doesn't mean that it's going to happen by the end of the week. I heard a story about a man who was talking to God. 
He asked God, he said, God, what is, what is a million years like to you, God? God said, a million years, that's like a second to me. And I was like, wow. A million years is like a second to God. He's sitting there and he's thinking, he goes, God, God, what's a million dollars like to you? God's like, a million dollars? A million dollars is like a penny to me. Wow. A million dollars is just like a penny to God. And then he has this idea, light bulb moment. He goes, God? God's like, yeah. The man says, God, can I have a penny? <laughs> God looks at him and says, sure, just a second. <laughs> some, of you, some of you might get that a little bit later. It's okay. If you didn't get it, find somebody that's laughing and ask them. <laughs> just because God can doesn't mean he's going to. And just because God's going to doesn't mean that he works according to your timetable. Remember who you're asking in the divine nature and the divine power of God. Yes, he is capable and there is nothing that is too big for him. But also remember who you're asking because his primary concern is not your comfort or your happiness. It's your righteousness and your holiness. So he's not, he's not going to bend himself to, to every whim that you have or every desire that you have. But if you pray, and the Bible says, if we delight ourselves in him, that God would give us the desires of our heart. Two sides to that. Number one, I have to delight in him. I can't delight in anything the world has to offer me. I have to find my delight in him. And then we read that as there's these desires that are in my heart, the old heart, the selfish heart, the sinful heart. If I delight myself in God, God will give me those things. That's not what that verse is saying. It's saying that if I find delight in God, he's going to exchange my old desires for new desires. He's going to give me the desires of my heart. He's going to give me new passions. He's going to give me purpose. He's going to give me things that I should be seeking after, not the things that my selfish nature wants. Are you following me today? So remember who you're asking. Number two, the second thing we have to do is we have to keep on asking. Don't stop asking. I almost, I almost in the notes wrote, don't stop believing, but I didn't want some of you to break out in song. So I said, don't stop asking. We see it in scripture. What does he say? Put the scripture up there. He says, I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. These words, these verbs are in the present tense, which means it's not something you should have done or something you should do one day. It's something you should be doing right now. And as the moment changes, it's still something that you should be doing. And in five minutes from now, it's something that you should be doing. You should constantly be asking, constantly be seeking, continuously be knocking. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. How do I do that? Being in constant communication and constant communion with God. That's what it means. It's not just prayer. It's not just something we do at breakfast, lunch, and dinner and before bed. Prayer is something that we should be doing constantly throughout the day as we are aware of his presence, 
as he's speaking to our hearts, as we're going about our daily lives, Lord, thank you so much as constantly being in this position of gratitude and thanking God for the blessings. And God, give me opportunities. God, help me to see when I walk into this grocery store what you see. And if there's somebody there that's hurting and you want me to just give them a, a, an encouragement, God, show me that, Lord. How can I be a blessing to somebody today? How can I let my light shine today? God, how can I be an ambassador for your kingdom today? Lord, would you lead me and would you guide me? And would you would you speak to me and make me sensitive to your spirit? Holy Spirit, would you reveal truth to me in this situation that, that your, the, the fruit that you produce in my life would be evident to people around? Like that's, that's the relationship that we should have, not just, Lord, thank you for this food. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Like if that's the extent of our prayers, then no wonder No wonder our lives are in the state that they're in and our marriages are in the state that they're in and our families are in the state that they're in and our country is in the state that they're in. If we can barely pray for lunch, no wonder we are where we are. We have to get back to prayer. We have to know who we're praying to and talking to. We have to know who we're asking, but then we have to keep on asking, don't stop. Don't stop. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. We don't like to, though, because we shouldn't have to ask more than once. Come on, right? You ever had to ask your kid to do something more than once? You ever had to ask somebody at work to do something more than once? You ever had to ask your barista to do something? I shouldn't have to tell you every time I come in, you know, we get this attitude. I've asked you once, that should be enough. I shouldn't have to ask again. Here, God's like, no, keep, keep asking. I shouldn't have to. How do, you, how do you reconcile, keep on asking with God knows what I have need of even before I ask? How do you reconcile the two? This way, because yes, God knows. And yes, God could do it. And no, God doesn't need you to ask. You need you to ask. Because it's when we ask that our faith is built up. And your faith is like a muscle. The more you work it out, the stronger it gets. So in your asking, what you are doing is, is not like this persistent nagging of God, like the kid at the grocery store, mommy, please, mommy, please, mommy, please, mommy, please, mommy, please, until finally the parent's like, oh, shut up, fine. You can open the Swiss rolls. We've all seen that exchange in the grocery store. Please, can I, please, can I, please, can I? If you stop talking, yes, you can. Like the, the scripture is not telling us to be the spoiled little kid at Walmart. God, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God, please. And if I just outlast him and if I just wear him down enough, then God will give me what I want. It's not what this is saying. But this is saying that if you, if you continue to go to God in humility, why? Because asking requires us to humble ourselves. For me to ask for help? <laughs> now you know and I know that I can't do it on my own. Now you know and I know that I am not Superman. You want me to do it more than once? Okay, that's going to require a lot of humility. It requires us to humble ourselves, to place ourselves in proper standing in relationship to God. God, I need you. Every day, God, I need you. Every day, God, your will be done in my life. Every day, God, have your way. Every day, God, God, would you, God, God, you see, God, you know. Continually, constantly going back to God exercising my faith, exercising my faith. And God, even if you don't, 
And God, even if you don't, can you pray that? When you're at a point in your life where you can pray, God, even if you don't. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, Mr. Nebuchadnezzar, we are not going to bow to your idol because our God is going to save us. Even if you throw us into the fire, God can save us, dot, dot, dot. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Go to God and pray. God, thank you. God, God, here's what I need. God, here's what I'm asking. God, I know you can do it, dot, dot, dot. But even if you don't, you want to evaluate your relationship with God? Ask yourself this. If God never answered another one of your prayers, would you still love him? If for the rest of your life you went to God with requests and prayers, needing provision, and God said, mm -mm. would you still follow him? Because the reality is, even if God never does another thing for us, he has already done so much. The fact that you've, you've reconciled us to the Father, You've made this new life available. You've given us your spirit, which has caused our spirit to come alive. We have the eternal hope that we can live with you forever in paradise, that our eternity is secure. Even if the rest of my life, God said no, would that be okay? It's a sobering thought. But keep on asking, even if... Even if God's saying no, keep on asking. Don't stop. Now, understand, again, it's not to be the bratty kid, but it's to build up our faith. It's to encourage us. It's to, to, to put us and our mindset in the proper place when it comes to our relationship with God. 2 Thessalonians verse 13, chapter 3, verse 13 says, says, don't get tired of doing good. I think what this is really trying to teach us is this persistence to continue to pursue God. Continue to pursue. Even when things aren't going good, will you continue to pursue him? Because to ask him, you have to be in his presence and relationship with him. So even when things aren't going the way that you want, are you still in relationship? Are you still in proximity to him? Are you still seeking after him? Are you still knocking? Is your faith being built up? Some of you, you've You've had things that you were believing God for, and when they didn't happen according to your timetable, you stopped asking. God, here's what I want. God, here's what I'm asking. God, here's what I need. God, here's what I would like. God. And when the answer is either no or not right now, we shut down. Because some of us treat God like we are the spoiled kid in the grocery store. And we try and outlast him. If I could just wear him down, he, he can only take so much of this. He's gonna have, at some point he's gonna have, and so every day it's just, but we're not praying with the, the motive of building relationship with him or strengthening our faith. We're praying with the motive of, God, you better give me what I want or else. Like, why are you praying? But some of us, God said no or not right now. And rather than the spoiled kid at Walmart, we're the kid who gets told no. You've all seen this kid. Maybe you have this kid. Uh, but, but they ask you for something and you say no. And their response is this. 
And then you come, it's like, no, no. And they just, I asked you for something, you said no. And what do we do? They turn their back and give the cold shoulder. Now there's the silent treatment. Well, I'm not going to talk to you then. And some of, this, some of us, this is what it looks like when it comes to our relationship with God. Well, I asked God for something and he said no, so I'm not going to talk to him now. And we're trying to give God the silent treatment as if to guilt him into bending to our will. The only person you're hurting is you. God's not going to play your games like that. And so if you're trying to nag him to death or you're trying to cold shoulder him until he gives in, it's not going to work. The only thing that works is a humble heart that comes to God and says, God, not my will, but your will. Because I know when I pray your will, your plans are better than my plans. And there are things that I want and there are things that I think I need. But God, at the end of the day, you know what I have need of even before I ask. So why don't you just do what you want to do rather than what I'm asking you to do or what I think you should do or maybe even what I want you to do? Because I know at the end of the day, your plans are better than my plans. So don't do what I say, God, do what you want. If you pray that way, what are you doing? You're praying according to his will. Now he hears you. Now he gives you what you ask for. Now he begins to open the doors that he wants open. Some of you aren't ready to hear that. Third thing. Let's continue. The third thing that we need to understand is, is we need to check what doors we're knocking on. So we need, to, we need to remember who we're asking. We need to keep on asking. But then we need to check what doors we're knocking on. Why? Because the scripture says whoever asks receives and whoever seeks finds, and whoever knocks, what happens? The door gets opened. Here's the, here's the thing I want you to understand, is that this principle doesn't just work one way. This principle of asking and receiving and seeking and finding and knocking and being open works in every area of your life. Let me say it this way. If you're receiving things that you don't like, then you need to ask yourself what you've been asking for. If there are doors that are being opened to things that are leading you away from God and into harm, then you need to ask yourself what doors you've been knocking on. Because whatever door you start knocking on, sir, you walk by that lady at the gym and you start little conversations, what do you... And the next time you see her, hey, how's it going? Man, you look good today. Yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah, you need help. You need a spot? What are you doing? You're knocking. And you better be careful because one day she's going to open that door. Ma'am, same goes for you. <laughs> I remember when the kids were little, Jason and Isaiah, they were 13 months apart. And so, so when they got in trouble, they often got in trouble together. And so when they, when they would do something, I would tell Jace, I would say, you know, you know better than this, you shouldn't do this, don't do that. Think before you do something. And I would look at Isaiah every time and I would say, Isaiah, same goes for you. Jace, you know better. Isaiah, same goes for you. And there was one time they got in trouble and the angel looked at Isaiah and she said, Isaiah, what did your dad say to you? And he just looked at me and said, same goes for me. <laughs> like, yes, but did you understand what I'm saying? Like, ladies, same goes for you. Whatever doors you're knocking on, be careful because one day they're going to be opened. 
Whatever you are finding in your life is a result of what you've been seeking. Whatever you find yourself surrounded by is a result of what you've been focused on. It's what you've been running after. And so if, if, if you go home and your family life is falling apart and, 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 and things aren't the way that you want them to be or you thought that they would be or you hoped that they would be, then what you need to do is you need to sit down, sir, and ask yourself what you've been giving your time and attention to, what you've been running after. Have you been running after your career or have you been running after intimacy in your marriage and in your family? Have you been running after God's purpose for your life? Or have you been running after your own sinful desires? Have you been running at, what, what are you chasing? Because whatever you chase, you're going to catch. Whatever you ask for, like some of you, some of you have things going on around you and in your lives right now, it's like, I didn't ask for this. Yes, you did. There are so many times in my life where I found myself in positions where I looked around and it's like, man, I didn't think it was going to work out like this. Just because you didn't see that happening doesn't mean that you didn't ask for it. You ever been to a restaurant? They bring out the menu and you don't understand a word on it. So you talk to the waiter and it's like, well, what is this? I, have, I can't read. I don't know. What is this? And he starts to explain it to you, and you st- just, you're more confused. And you're using English, but I think I knew more when I read it in whatever language this was. Like, just tell me, is this from a cow or from a chicken? <laughs> it's not from neither. Okay, show me what's on the menu that's from a cow or a chicken. You ever been to a restaurant? Like, and so, so like, it's like, I don't know, flip a coin, like, I'll order this. And then they bring it out, and it's like, that's not what I asked for. I don't want that. Like, don't make me, don't make me eat that. And it's like, I don't, I don't want that. I didn't ask for that. That's what you ordered. Well, I didn't know it was gonna look like that. Sorry. At our establishment, there are not pictures on our menu. If you want that, you can go to McDonald's and there's <laughs> 10 choices for you. Well, I didn't, I didn't think it was gonna be, I know, but you ordered it. Sir, ma'am, young person, what are you ordering in your life? Asking for, seeking, knocking. And when it finally comes, it's like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be like that. I didn't know it was going to end up like that. I didn't know it was going to hurt that bad. I didn't know it was going to take me way over there. I didn't know it was going to take me so far back. Felt like I had made some progress, and I felt like I was I was seeking the right things, and then, and then I started knocking over here, and that door got opened, and I ran into it, and I didn't know that it was gonna ruin everything. If I did, I wouldn't have ordered it. <laughs> if I knew, I wouldn't have asked for it. And that's the thing. Like, listen, that's why he hears us when we pray according to his will. Because your will, your heart, is wicked. You, your heart, man's heart, is deceitfully wicked above all else. 
Like, wow, that's messed up, Pastor John. I didn't say it. God did. So people are like, follow your heart. No, that's the last thing you should follow. Stupidest thing you could do. Just ask God for what's in your heart. No, don't do that. Ask God for what's in his heart. You start living according to your will, you can ask, knock, and seek after anything. But when our prayer is, God, would you do, would you do your will? God, would you have your way? What that does is it sharpens our focus. We have laser precision. And then God begins to open what he wants. He begins to give what he wants. And then we get to a point where it's like, man, that was so good. I had no idea what I just ate, but that was delicious. We were in Charleston for her, for Angel's birthday. We went to this restaurant. It was one of those like super bougie restaurants where like you couldn't even get online. We were looking at the menu online. They're like, well, depends on what's in season and what was down at the farmer's market today. So we can't tell you what's going to be available for dinner tonight. And it's like, I don't even want to go there. Like, is there going to be a cheeseburger, pizza? What are we talking? We went and didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. It's, it's downtown, super cute, it's a nice area. I said super cute, it's okay. We went in and got the menu and ordered something. I don't even remember what it was. I remember we got down, I was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. Like if it was up to me, I probably would have just ordered a pizza. If it was up to me, just give me the bacon cheeseburger. But the chef was like, no, just sit down and let me take care of you. And when he did, I walked away. It's like, I don't know what I ate, but that was better than anything I've ever had in my life. In your life, you can choose to settle for pizza. Or you can go to God and say, God, whatever you think. God, whatever your plan is. God, whatever your desire is. Get to a point and look back and it's like, wow, five years. I don't know what I just did, but God, you're so good. Didn't think I was going to make it, but God, your plan is so much better than my plan. Could still be playing for the Red Sox, but God, you had other plans. <laughs> when you surrender your will to his, he knows what's best. Then we can know that everything that we pray will receive because we're praying according to his will. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you today that, that as we read your word, as we study your word, that we are encouraged. We are encouraged by your nature as a good father. That if we know how to give good gifts, how much more do you know how to give good gifts to your children? So Lord, encourage us today. For those that have been discouraged because because your answer was no or not right now, Lord, I pray that you would, you would encourage us this morning, that we would not lose hope, that we would not give up, that we would not throw in the towel, but that we would keep on asking, not to be the, the, the naggy child, but to grow our faith and our dependence on you and our, our focus 
on you. We will grow in relationship with you. Lord, thank you for challenging us today. And the challenge is, is leaving this place and evaluating what I have in my life because what I have is a result of what I've been asking for. So Lord, if I've been asking for the wrong things, if I've been, been running after and seeking the wrong things, if I've been knocking on the wrong doors, Lord, I pray that you would reveal those. For each and every one of us, that we would open up our hearts and our, our minds and our spirits to give you access, to bring correction any place that correction is needed. Because God, we don't want to, to pursue anything the world has to offer because that is fleeting and that leads nowhere but destruction. God, we want your plans. We want your will. We want your desires. Lord, today as we delight ourselves in you, we pray that you would give us the desires of our hearts. Lord, tomorrow we will ask, we will seek, and we will knock. And God, the next day we will ask and we will seek and we will knock. And the next day and the next, developing a life of persistence, devoted to you, daily picking up our cross and saying yes to you. Lord, go with us this week. Give us opportunities to do just that. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Are there still cookies out there? I think there's, there's cookies out there for, for our five-year pastor. Don't be surprised us with cookies. So make sure you stop by, get yourself a cookie on your way out. Love you, church. Have a great week. At Dream City Omaha, we're all about helping each other do three things. Discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. Please check out our past sermon series or online discipleship classes. And don't forget to hit subscribe and the bell for notifications on all of our latest videos.